Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm so excited to have Nelia Canfield joining me today, a fellow foster and adoptive mama. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I love talking all things foster, so thank you for having me. Of course. So tell me how you and your family got started with foster care. Well, my husband and I, we've been married for almost 11 years, about um, 10 and a half years. And honestly, on our first date, we talked about adopting. And so we just knew that that's how we were going to build our family. You know, maybe a mix of bio and adopted or whatever. We were just really open. And so once we started um, having our own family and we had two biological children, we really were like, okay, we're ready. We're ready to adopt. But at the time, the country that we were pursuing, they had some strict regulations. We were pursuing India and they had kind of changed, they had changed their rules a little bit. So we didn't qualify at that time. And we just felt like, okay, we still want to do something. We really feel called to bring children to our home who don't have parents and love them where they're at. And so we just started researching, like, what can we do today in America to really impact kids? Because we realized, like, it might be a few years before things change in India. You know, we had a few countries kind of in mind, but then we kind of narrowed it down to India at the time. And they had basically changed the rules to only Indian-born families could adopt. So that kind of changed, um, I guess, what we were thinking would happen. And so we started looking into foster care and we didn't really, we never met a foster family. We never knew anybody who had done it before. So we kind of went in super blindly and green and we've learned a lot it's been almost eight years in May it'll be eight years that we've been fostering and we've learned a lot (laughs) but it's been great Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know really quickly about some amazing free resources for foster mamas on my website, fearlessfostering.com. I have a self-care quiz that will help you decide exactly what type of self-care you need at this point on your foster care journey, as well as a virtual retreat for foster mamas and an anxiety reducing email course all for free. Check it out right now on fearlessfostering.com. Wow. So how many like kids have you fostered in your home? Do you know? You know, I've me- I meant to count. That's okay. <laughs> but I did lose count. It's over 60 kids. Okay. That we've had over the years. And one of these days I'm going to count because it's very important for us to remember all the names and we started like a foster wall where we have pictures of the children that come through our doors. And just a quote about our family, you know, we love because God loved us first. That's something that we feel like really passionate about. And so we just really wanted to make this wall of all the kids that have come through our home 
so that we can remember when we're walking that hallway to just pray for them and, and also for our kids who have grown up with some of them to also have that memory of them. But we're, we're definitely not going to have all the pictures, <laughs> but I think we'll have, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get as many as I can get, even if they're small and blurry. That's amazing. I love the idea of just kind of commemorating, you know, the time that they were physically in your family and kind of just being able to have that tangible reminder to continue to pray for them and just wherever they are now. That's amazing. Are you in contact with any of them still? A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them through social media. And a lot of times in the summer, we'll have kids visit us that used to live with us um, because we're pretty active, in the, especially in the summer with getting out in the boat. And we just love taking our foster kids out on the boat who used to live with us, you know, who we might not see as much anymore. So some will come for like two weeks in the summers and um, others just maybe for a weekend, for a day. We just, we love that, you know, any opportunity to stay connected with them. It's important for us, but it's also important for our biological kids who have really not even known a life without fostering. You know, we really, when we say like, we'll see them again, we really want them to believe that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so we try, we try to really, you know, facilitate that relationship long-term if it's possible and if it's safe. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so great. And I just think that's so cool for your biological kids to get to have that connection too. just to continue that over time is such a beautiful kind of gift for everyone. Yeah, I definitely like worry about them sometimes because of the many losses that they've had to go through, you know, whenever they get really attached to a foster sibling and then all of a sudden they have to move. I get very um, protective of them. And I question even if this is right, you know, if what I'm doing to them is, is right, I guess you could say, you know, so I try to, I try to make myself feel better by like, well, we're doing our best to stay connected with as many of them as we can, you know, even if it's for short periods of time, you know, but when you have a child in your home for four years, for two years, a year, your kids really can't grasp the concept of why they don't live with you anymore when they're only two or three years old. So I, I love having them come back and visit our family and spend time with us. And not only for our kids, but for the foster children to know that we mean what we say when we say we're going to see you again and we love you and we care for you and we will always be somebody that's going to have your back. Mm-hmm. That's so good. It's hard because I know that it's a struggle for so many, you know, mamas who foster with biological kids, it's like, gosh, you know, we always do think about like, how is this affecting them? And, and are they processing this? Okay. What have you done to help them through some of those transitions over the years? Yeah, I definitely worry about that. You know, that's something that's heavy on my heart whenever a foster child might leave suddenly or a foster child that might um, not get along with my child. You know, I worry about how it's going to affect my child, but overall I've realized over the years that it has impacted them in the most incredible, positive way that any losses that they experience and go through have really just become positive gains in their life, in their little hearts. Like they've become so much more compassionate, so much more understanding and really adaptable <laughs> to change good and bad. And um, I think facilitating that connection after a child moves 
is really important. And also for me, you know, having that wall of pictures is important, you know, for my kids to see that we still care about these kids and we pray for them. And I want you guys to remember them. And I want you to remember to pray for them because they are an extension of our family. So I think that comforts our kids. Mm. Yes, definitely. What has been like the greatest joy that you've experienced so far with with fostering or adoption? There's really, there are so many joys because that's why we're still doing it. <laughs> so many hard moments, but the fulfillment and the drive that it gives you like to live and to be pouring into somebody else's life just makes makes it all worth it. But I really love and get so emotional when a child that's been with us maybe for even a week, a month, or years reaches out to us through social media or they'll track us down. And they, because, you know, sometimes they leave suddenly. We're not even able to exchange information. And they'll track us down and just say, I want you to know you really impacted my life and we really missed you guys. I hope we see you again. And I just want you to know, like, you mean a lot to me. Your family, like, means a lot to me. And that's just, that's the best thing in the world to hear, you know, because you feel like, did I even make a difference? Like, did I even make any kind of impact in their life? So we've gotten multiple messages from kids that we fostered over the years who sought us out. And, you know, they sent us messages that just, they mean so much. Mm. That's been a huge joy just to see kind of the fruit of um, the trials and the hard times to see that. I love that so much. I think you're right. There's always going to be really hard things about it, obviously, but the joy, there's always going to be that too. So that's just such a huge encouragement. Thank you for that reminder that like, we might not even always get a message back or we might not always hear from them ever, you know, again, we might not, but just to know that like, even if you don't get that you have still made a huge impact in the life of a kid forever. It's just a big deal. Right. And some of these kids spent only a weekend in our home or only two weeks in our home, you know, a child I'm thinking of specifically. And it surprised me so much that they tried to find us on social media and they're like, Hey, I found you, you know, and I just wanted to tell you how much your family meant to me. Like, wow, you know, that, that means so much that what we're doing isn't in vain because there are so many times where you feel like, am I even making a difference? Because the system is so broken and you feel like you're just fighting this big monster of a system that really doesn't want sometimes the best for these kids. Mm -hmm. So to see that these kids individually are feeling loved and they really feel those words that you said to them. And that, that just means a lot. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I've heard a lot of foster moms <laughs> say this and, and I've felt this way. Like it's very difficult when you get to know and love a child and then you feel like the people who are speaking up on their behalf, whose voices are maybe more amplified than yours as a foster parent, don't really know what's best for them or aren't really acting in their best interest. And that can be very discouraging. So how do you deal with that discouragement or that kind of helpless feeling? I know a lot of foster moms have. Yeah, I think you honestly have to just realize that you're not in control Mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to surrender control. You have to. There's no other option because there's so many times where I've tried to force a situation because I saw that it was not in the best interest of a child. And, you know, till I'm blue in the face, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but at the end of the day, I am just like a social workers told me before a glorified babysitter. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. So, so that put me back in my place and reminded me that I'm not in control of their destiny. All I can do is control the dynamic in my home and the environment that I'm setting for them and hopefully fostering so much strength in them and love in them that they'll be able to overcome the brokenness of the system. And, you know, when they do go back to unhealthy situations, not always, but sometimes Mm -hmm. that they'll be okay and they'll make it and we'll still have that relationship where they can lean on us. You know, that's the only thing that's helped me kind of cope with situations where I had no control over the outcome. And I just had to realize, okay, the only thing I can control is our home. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on just doing everything I can for this child to be a beautifully healthy adult who can hopefully heal from these wounds. Mm, That's so good. Absolutely. Yep. So what are you, who are you fostering and who is in your home? Who who are all the kiddos in your home right now? We've got quite a crew right now. (laughs) We have three biological children. So we have an eight-year-old girl, a six-year-old boy, and then we started the process from India a few years back. And while we were in the process, we got pregnant. So we actually have twins. I call them my twins. They're five weeks apart. So they're definitely twins. And their bond is unlike anything I have ever seen. They have a definite twin bond and they're boy and girl, which is just the cutest. And so they're four. And then we got a phone call um, about a month ago for twin boy and girl, eight months old, foster babies. And so I just, I was shocked when we got that call because it came at just such a, I think, perfect time. We had, you know, a tremendous loss in our family. My brother-in-law passed away very suddenly and it was just heartbreaking for our whole family. And so honestly, I wasn't able to even get out of bed and this phone call came and I feel like it was God just giving our family exactly what we needed and what these babies needed because pouring into a child that's hurting and neglected and just needing love, like gives you life. Mm-hmm. It gives you the power to wake up in the morning, you know, and then three, so they're eight months old. And then three days later, they're, the social worker called me and she's like, it's totally okay if you say no and I understand but is there any chance you'll take their one and a half year old brother I'm like oh my word (laughs) which is funny because about a month before that we got a phone call for three boys under the age of three and we're like oh I just don't think we can handle that (laughs) so now we have three under two (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) That is amazing. But it's fun. It's fun. (laughs) It's loud all the time, but it's fun. That's why I'm in the car right now. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. I definitely feel that. I I go to my car when I need quiet as well. (laughs) Wow. So what do you do? Like, I mean, how do you decide? Is it just kind of like intuition in the moment? What feels like a right yes or a right no for you guys? How do you make those calls? My husband and I always talk about what we're open to, what we hope for. And one thing that I I really would advise other foster families to really consider and to be conscious of is to never force your spouse into a decision for your family that's so big. 
you know, whether it's starting foster classes, whether it's starting an international adoption, whatever it is, it's a really big decision. And I think there's so much value in being on the same page and really don't rush that, you know, because I've met a lot of families where usually the wife is really wanting and passionate about fostering or wanting to foster, wanting to adopt, but her, you know, husband, significant others just not there yet. And they're so discouraged by it. And I think there's a temptation to like maybe manipulate or force them into it. And I'm just like, no, no, don't do it. Wait. Like God is so good. He Mm. will hear your prayers. Just keep praying. Keep praying. And you won't even believe what God will do in his timing. And so I really encourage families to just not rush spouse into something like that because you don't want to do it alone. You don't want to go through this trauma and the system and all the things you go through by yourself. You really want to be on the same page. So when you do get a phone call, there's this like unity and this common understanding. And so the phone call about the twins was just really, it was really a God thing because multiple reasons, but a little side, I'll go off a little rabbit hole if that's okay. We're also in the process of adopting from Malawi right now, a small country in Africa. And we wrote on our paperwork that we wanted to adopt any child under the age of five. But we said, you know, if we could be like really specific, we would love a boy and girl twin. Like that would just be awesome. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Also because I did some research about twins in Africa and there's, there's some practices in Africa where twins are not always wanted. And so that made me want them more. Um, So after my brother-in-law died and I was just, I was really struggling to get out of bed, honestly. Um, My husband had once that day said, listen, you really need to get outside. You have to get some fresh air, just leave the house. And I'm like, okay, I'll just get out of bed. (laughs) So I got out of bed and I went into the kitchen. I got a call from the social worker. And when she said boy and girl twins (sighs) and African-American, you know, so they're like our brown baby, possibly in Malawi. I'm like, this couldn't be more exactly what we need right now. You know, Mm -hmm. that comfort of taking care of a child that needs it. And also just that reminder that God is in the details. And it was just, it was a really, honestly, it was a beautiful moment for me. And my husband looked at me just shaking his head laughing because he knew, like he knew what that meant, how much that meant. So I looked at him and I'm like, of course, (laughs) of course. Yes. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, We were really excited for that. But yeah, I think most often we just, we kind of are on the same page with, you know, what ages we want. And sometimes I'll say yes without talking to him because I know he'll, he'll agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's done that before where I went on vacation and I came back to an extra child. He's (laughs) like, Oh yeah. Um, By the way, honey, you weren't answering your phone. So they called me and I said, yes, that is amazing. Okay. I love it. I love it. That's why it works. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing just your family's beautiful story with us. And I'm so sorry for the loss of your brother-in-law. That is so difficult, but just seems like, like you said, like God just really came in and to that hurt and brought something beautiful into your life at the time when you needed it. So that's just a beautiful reminder of his faithfulness. You really did. Yeah. Yeah, God is really in the details and just every way. 
Absolutely. Yes. Well, I want to be able to share with people, how can we follow your family's beautiful journey online? We are on Instagram. My, mine is Nellia C, which is N-E-L-L-Y-A C. And so I love sharing about our foster journey because I love encouraging other families. And I love sharing about our adoption journey because I, I don't think you have to be anything special. You know, I'm far from perfect and far from anything special. It's just, you have to just be willing to say yes sometimes when it's scary. And I'll say almost eight years later, I mean, we still are scared when we say yes. And I think that's what people forget. It's not like you have to have this enormous faith to jump into foster care adoption. It's, it's scary even years down the road. And anybody who just has a heart for children, I think can do it. And there's so many children out there that just need a safe haven. And if this is tugging at your heart, then hopefully that's God speaking to you. And I bet you could do it. So I would love for people to follow along our journey and hopefully encourage families to step out of their comfort zone and maybe say yes. And it could start with just simply saying yes to a foster class. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to even finish the classes if you don't feel like that's for your family but just go to the first class and just see what you think (laughs) i love that that is so good thank you so much and we'll definitely link up to your instagram so people can follow along thank you so much for being here and sharing your story yes thank you so much for having me i appreciate it (laughs) 